I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, a showcase of amazing design and architecture talent from the great state of Texas. This is a look back at some of the talent making Texas a hotbed for new, amazing, and world-class design. The first episode of Lone Star House of Design featured an amazing designer and a really good friend. Tracy Martin-Taylor is the principal designer behind 1111 Design. She's also a former boss of mine. When I lived in Dallas, Tracy is a creative mind like none I've met before. Her creativity is immense, her compassion even greater, and her skill as a business owner is why Tracy is so successful in this, her second career. Tracy and I discuss our past, which led to her design firm, the tough choices she made to get where she is, and how the state of design is growing across the Metroplex and beyond. What was the, what was the moment when you knew you wanted to make a change? Um, well, I had, I had kind of had a career in marketing, and then when you and I met in um, broadcasting and radio sales and and marketing. And throughout that time, I, I definitely had a passion for interior design and, and had, I don't know, been very drawn to it. Um, and throughout like my other career going on, people would ask me to do a little project here or there. So I kind of always had that going on. And in about, I think it was in 2001 is when I formed my company. Um, and it was just mainly, you know, I'm going to put this together so that if I get bigger projects, it can, you know, there's a business for it. And I didn't put a ton of thought into it, but I had that going on on the side and did kind of just did a project here, here and there. And as I was, uh, when I was working for Clear Channel and they, you know, started doing some changing things around and, and doing some layoffs at a certain level, I, I knew that was coming. And, and I was kind of ready. I was ready to not do that anymore and try something else. And so when that did happen, I, I mean, I can tell, I honestly, I can tell you the moment that I had the realization that I wanted to do this was I was, I had left Clear Channel and I was getting, you know, talking to people about consulting and some other positions. And I was literally sitting on my sofa on a Saturday afternoon waiting for someone to come by because we were going to get together. And I thought... You know, I always thought I would, when I retire, I would be an interior designer. Like I would just do this for real and take my company and really push it. And then I thought, and I think I even said it out loud, like to myself, um, I think, or maybe I should just do that now. Maybe that's what this is. You know, I, I kept thinking it would be later and I thought, oh, maybe this is it. I think I'm going to do this. And I thought about it and over the next week, literally, I, I ran into different people and I ran into a friend who was building a new house and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I'm thinking about really doing this interior design thing full time instead of just, really. and of course she knew I did that. She said, I want you to do my house. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so long story short, there were four different people in a matter of seven days that I crossed paths with that said, Hey, I want you to do my nursery. I'm having a baby or this or that. And by the end of the seven days, I was sitting there going, I've got four projects. And I thought, okay, I guess this is meant to be. I threw it out there and it came right back and this is what I'm going to do. 
And so I, I really, um, I built a little bit of a team and um, just started taking on projects. During the next couple of years, I also went into publishing and joined the Dallas Morning News team and was there for two years working on different publications. And it was really, it was great because it was very much in line with what 1111 was. And my target was, you know, I had luxury brands on the publishing side and that's a lot of, you know, who your client base will be in interior design a lot of the time. So it was kind of a good parallel. And I just slowly kind of grew the company while I was there and knowing I would, I would check out of there in about two years. I did that. And then it was just full speed ahead and I've been doing it. I've been doing it ever since, but it's, it's very much been a, it's just put before me, you know, it's just like, I just throw it out there and okay, here it is. I guess this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I've, I've followed that passion. Did you, did you find yourself kind of hoping that it would happen sooner rather than later so that you could go do this? Cause it seemed like you had been thinking about it for quite some time. Definitely. And it, and I will say when I left clear channel and I started, you know, really focusing on 1111 and growing it, I did that for about, I want to say four or five months before then I got a call from Dallas morning news about this general manager position. And I thought, wait a minute, no, I, I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm doing this. And it was one of those things where, I mean, you, this sort of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I kind of saw it as, you know, this is a growth opportunity. And a largely what I did there was I was able to create product products and, and content, which is sort of what I see as the parallel of everything that I've done in my career, be it when I was in marketing and, and music marketing and then being at the stations and and then in publishing and then interior design. It's all about, I, I get really geeked and excited about my audience target. And, and I even asked you that yeah. about this interview. I said, who's my target? Yeah. You know, because I, I want to know, you know, who am I talking to? And when I was in, Doing marketing, you know, you're, whether it was, you know, just whatever, whatever particular promotion or, or thing that was going on that you're trying to promote, I'm always thinking about who do I want to reach? Who is this going to be important to? And it took me, it took me a while once I was really entrenched in 1111 design to realize, oh, that's the parallel. I mean, that's what, what, you know, as, as diverse and as different as my, career has been in its little, you know, decades, <laughs> it's like, um, that's, that's the thing that runs through it is I, I adore, you know, being able to, um, speak to a specific target and reach them and have them understand what, what we're trying to say. And to me, that's what I do in interior design. It's just an interior with interiors, you're, you're creating a space that represents, the homeowner's personality, their lifestyle, or it's, if it's a commercial property and like a restaurant or something, then it's about, it's about communicating the brand and the, the personality of the brand to who's going to see the space. So it's kind of very similar in, in a weird way. Well, it's interesting too. I'm curious, you know, the highest level designers and architects that, that I've spoken to all have this, this same, sort of linear tangent, it's really interesting to me how most people in the space sort of never really 
thought of themselves in interior design, 90% had other interests and other passions. All of them, interestingly enough, on the creative side, but they, they found this calling, they found this passion towards design and architecture, and then it was full speed ahead with everything that they had, every fiber of their being. And what they also had was this, this secondary talent, this secondary skill that they were capable of bringing with them to help either initially launch their career because of the context that they had and, right. and or um, develop the trajectory of their career because they took something else with them. And with you, it's really interesting to me because of your background in, in marketing, advertising, brand development, music marketing, and publishing. I'm curious, how did that, how did that translate into furthering the business? Um, I, you know, one thing that I tell a lot of clients when I'm first meeting, when I'm meeting with a client the first time and they ask, you know, how do you work? What makes you different than another designer? Um, and, and I think this answers the question, but, but what I always say to them, and I, and I have to preface by saying I didn't realize this difference until I did um, some, some events and promotions where I was working with other designers where we're doing each doing a vignette or a room and you, and it's the only, it's the only time you ever really see another designer at work because we don't, you know, we're not looking, we're not hanging out in each other's spaces, (laughs) you know? So it's really the only time that you kind of talk in that and and you see kind of how people work. And, and I, my answer, you know, what makes me and my team really different is that I don't come in with a vision. I don't, you know, there are a lot of designers that frankly, I respect and adore their work and they have a look and they have a style and, if you want that style, you, you know, people are drawn to the, you know, like I want something that looks like this person's, you know, aesthetic. And so I want to work with them. For me, what, what drives me is, you know, talking to a person and I say, what's different about me is that I don't have an agenda. I'm going to come here and I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your, your space. I want to get to know your family. If it's, if it's their home, I want to know how you guys live, where you eat, where do you, do you watch TV? Like, what do you do? Where do you go on vacation? All these things that really to me, because to me, that stuff is, is very important. And I tell clients, I say, I'm going to ask you questions that you're going to think, what does this have to do with the sofa? (laughs) You know? And it's important to me because I feel like I get inside their head a little bit. And I always say, I want to understand you enough to where when I'm, when I'm designing your space, I've got you in my head and I'm essentially, I like to think of it like I'm designing the space the way you would if you knew what I knew and you had the access to, you know, the resources that I have. This is what you would come up with. So that, that is what I think is, is a little bit different about my process, not to say that there aren't a lot of designers that work that way. Um, but, and, and it's funny because when I've been asked to do spaces like for an event, doing a vignette or like I was saying, doing a room in a house or something for a show house or something like that. It's, I, I always have kind of a moment of panic <laughs> because <laughs> the yeah. very first time that I did it, I was, we, you know, I was working with my team and we were kind of coming up with what the vision was. And I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. And it was really funny because um, 
which I guess is probably a revealing thing to say, but it's like, I finally realized it's because I don't have a client. I don't have a person in my head that's going to live in the space. Mm. And when, and so I created that. And once I created that, then it was, I was like, I'm, I got it. I got it. I, this is the person that lives here and this is what they do. And I can do this. And so, you know, that's, again, I, you know, I was saying it, it took me a while to kind of figure out that parallel, but that's what, what I've done in every part of my career. And it's really what I dig. I mean, I, I, I love that. I love, and I also, I love having a team and getting to a goal and, you know, there's nothing better than making that client happy. And there's nothing better to me than, you know, somebody living in their space and calling you, you know, two weeks later and going, we just, we love this. Like this has changed our life. We love it. You know, we, you know, that's, that's the best thing that you can that's, that's what makes it all worth it. Absolutely. That doesn't happen in major market advertising, does it? Uh, <laughs> no, not so much. I yeah. mean, you do have, you know, we stumble upon people that are grateful occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up. It's, it's when you're, you know, you're usually dealing with companies and they've got so many agendas. You're not dealing with one guy and his vision. So, you know, that's another thing that's cool about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting too the market that you're in because we were talking a little bit about this before. There is in the design and architecture communities at the at the highest levels there is just this this vision that, you know, there's LA and then there's New York in America, right? right? And then perhaps right. you can you can take it to a more coastal approach so you'll have, you know, you'll have LA and San Francisco for sure and then, you know, if you like houseboats then you've got Seattle. And then on the other side, you've got Miami and possibly Washington, D.C. with the political crowd and then New York. And, and that's really the extent of the design community in, in the states. But Dallas is, is, a, is a – Texas in particular – Texas in general, Dallas in particular, is a, is a huge design market. Absolutely. And so when you got into the business and, and comparing that to where you are now, what is the state of the, of the, of the state – with regard to, to the design community. And, you know, for, for out here, we were laughing too. It's, you know, the celebrity clients that you have, you know, I know the Kardashians don't have a home in, in Dallas, but if they did, you would be their designer. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, that's hilarious. Um, what is the question? I'm kidding. Um, so for, well, let me, let me say this about Texas. And, and this is, this is interesting. I mentioned this earlier when we were talking, when I was in, in publishing, and you know, one of one of my um, products was a, a very high end luxury, you know, fashion um, style magazine, and very high income target. And so I would, you know, we we would go to New York and we would meet with all of the fashion houses because they were wanted to be a part of our magazine, and and it was interesting trying to explain to someone I'm, I'm born and raised in Texas. So I, I get it, quote unquote. Um, but it, it's interesting to try to explain, you know, what Dallas is and what Texas is to, to, you know, to business and brands and the real estate market, which, you know, the real estate market's a great example. We haven't felt, you know, the, the dive that a lot of the rest of the country has. Um, but you know, explaining that Dallas is the number two market in the country for shopping per capita. I mean, we shop more than anybody. Number one's New York. 
And people don't realize that, that that's, that's what we're about. You know, we're, uh, and there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses here, literally Jerry Jones and figuratively <laughs> the Jones. <laughs> right. And, and I, and I don't mean to paint it in a materialistic way because it's, it's not so much about that, but it's, you know, there's pride in your home and there's pride in, you know, how you present yourself. It's very Southern. And, and so it's, you know, there's, there's, this is, this is Texas. This is oil country. This is, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. And I, when I did get into design professionally is when I was pleasantly surprised to see that we, you know, our design center and our, our design district is, is chock full of just about anything you would ever want or need. Um, and so, and people, I don't know, it's sort of like a secret or something. It's, it's kind of interesting, but you're, you're right. It is very on a, on a national level, you know, it, it looks like it's two coasts, you know, it's, it's LA and New York and nobody kind of talks about in between, and, but there's a lot in between, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And, and the, the, the version of celebrity that, that you have in the South is, is, right. is in the oil and gas industry. Right. There's oil and gas, there's athletes. Um, we do have a lot of a lot of celebrities that that have land in Texas, like just ones that would you know surprise you. They're easy enough to dig up to find out, but but where you know that's that's pretty common um, because this is where you can you know we're, we're huge. <laughs> you can buy a ranch here and be in your own space and not be bothered and have a beautiful piece of property, and that's you know I think people would be surprised to know how many celebrities that maybe don't call this their home base, that they they have a place here. Cindy Aplanap-Yates is the principal of Cherma Design Group, an award-winning design firm in Houston. Cindy goes into the game a bit later than most. The family came first, then the business. Cindy and I sat down at the Kitchen and Bath Industry Show in Las Vegas to talk design. Remember... uh, industry shows where we could actually go out and see people in public? We'll get back to it. Anyway, the kitchen and bath industry show in Las Vegas, we talk design, trade shows, and the uniqueness of Texas, which makes designing in Texas so much so much fun. This is Cindy Aplin-Alp-Yates. Whenever I get a chance to, to sit down at a trade show like this, I love it, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because this is where people can be most creative. The inspiration here, it's not like traveling, right? It's just sort of like in your face, every corner, five square miles of nothing but new product. I love it. Do you like that? Oh, it amps me. I mean, I come away, uh, I can't sleep at night. I come away so enthused and so effervescent. And this, what I'm seeing is like oozing from my pores. And anybody, God bless them, that has to sit by me on the plane home, you know, it's just like, really, lady, enough, you know? I mean, I'm so amped because uh, I'm going to get to engage some of these new ideas and new products in my in my work. Like, I'm going to get to bring this home to my clients. Yeah. So what do you what do you get from a show like this? I get to see the creativity of the best in our industry, the best of the best from, uh, you know, all the innovations that are available to us now. Like, what a great time to be alive. Um, What a great time that home space is getting so much attention. Like, oh, my goodness, it's super exciting. And then I get to see the designs of people I follow, you know, the people that are... um, 
uh, are iconic to me. I get to see them. I get to rub shoulders with them, sometimes meet them if I don't fangirl out too badly. (laughs) Do you do do that? I do that in the worst way. Yes, it's not good. It is not good. I think that's great. I'm not cool. I'm, I, I've got. See, like I have no game. See, but here's the thing. I've, I haven't met many designers, creators, creatives who don't appreciate the fandom and the people coming up and saying, "Hey, look, I really appreciate what you do." I don't see that much in in the industry. Do you? Uh, I don't know. I just. I mean, I. Uh, Matthew Quinn is a, a person that I just so deeply respect, and I like his his books are like my Bible, you know, my kitchen Bible, you know, and so I learn so much from them. So to be to to get to witness that and to touch and feel what somebody else has done, who's just a genius at it, you know, if I can take a little bit of that, a little bit of that rubs off on me, and I'm, you know, in my work, you know, I give him all the credit on it, but like if a little bit of that shows up in my in my stuff for my clients, it's just exciting, like. I, I come here every year for this this kind of you know big boost of enthusiasm. How long have you been coming to this show? Seven or eight years. Okay, KBiz is really it's it's really it's just a behemoth. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing show. Here's what's interesting though. I would say help me with this. Bathrooms sort of had their moment. Not that they're not still, but they had their moment probably about five or six years ago when tech started moving into the bathroom, right? right? Mm-hmm. Now, kitchens, for the last two years, maybe three, it's amazing. It's glorious. It really is. It's honestly um, such a statement to an expanded lifestyle for what we can really do for a client, like how engaging it can be and how, how home space is a protected space. And if you, you bring in, you know, like gathering, feels so good to me and the ability to sit around and enjoy, prepare, prepare, enjoy and clean up together and make that easy and spontaneous and flow and fun. Like that, that's, that's just juice for me. I love it. Yeah, and and when you go back, do you like leave this just completely pumped, ready to get back? To I can't it? sleep. Like it's it's kind of scary, sad, you know, because my boyfriend will be like, "Oh, you were dreaming. What were you dreaming about?" I'm like, eh, "I'd really rather not say." <laughs> yeah, little does he know, it's like Surface, it's that hearth over there, that hearth materials. pizza oven, right? Like uh, you don't you don't really want to know. Well, it's funny because we're in the decor booth, and. Decor, what they've done, what Decor has done with the new line is really amazing. It's beautiful, but it's more than that. It's it's tech, right? It's thoughtful, it's purposeful, right? It does. It's intuitive, um, and it, it, it Decor, Gen Air, Sub Zero, Wolf, Mila, uh, Thermidor, Gagan. I mean, everyone's got their own. They got their own line. They got their own lane. They they there is a there's a special approach and a purposeful approach to product now that I don't remember existing in the business before. I think they're really anchoring in on the consumer and the consumer's needs and really catching like how significant they are, like what a significant investment, what a long-term investment. We're building cabinetry around their, you know, their dimensions. So I think, I think they're really getting what they do for a consumer. I mean, this we start with appliances generally. That's one of our first selections. Really, mm-hmm. that's where you start. Your- yeah, well, it's the price of a car, so, so. Or, or more. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know what? That's a, this is actually a great place to start, even though we're a couple minutes in already. Um, tell me about the state of design in the great state of Texas. 
wow, I'm so lucky to live in the market that I live in and get to work and play in that market because um, I live in Houston and in the in the great state of Houston, I'll just just call it that for you. Um, it's a really diverse city, and it's the the price of living is low. Our homes are big, so we get to do big, massive kitchens, which is so fun, and it's a friendly environment. It's really family-centric environment for the you know the most part, and people are open-minded, and they're from all over the world. So there's a lot of different styles. So we could be working on something you know country French, and then something Moorish, and then something super contemporary, and maybe you know something kind of traditional. You know, all those things could be on our work tables because we have such a diverse group of clients, diverse architecture, and and that's just our play space. So I think it's a really great place to be a designer. What I also think is interesting is how the appetite for style has changed and has changed dramatically. And what I'm noticing talking to designers all over the state, be it Austin, Dallas, Houston, homeowners are more adventurous than they have been in the past. In the past, it was very traditional, very ranch, very flat, spread out, very, very safe. It's not like that anymore. It's not. They're looking, well, my clientele and what is enthusiastic, I'm enthusiastic about, is I like a little glamour, a little sparkle, so I'm loving all the metal and the the different types of finishes. I love cabinetry, and so this thing that a homeowner's gonna touch every day needs to feel marvelous in their hands. So it really matters to me, their their hardware and the finished detail that's going on. Um, And I want it to be spectacular looking for them, while being completely functional, easy to care for, easy to clean, um, and long-lasting. And I think, too, what's really surprising to me, and I don't know why it's surprising, it shouldn't be. It, it, Texas in general, Houston in particular, is a large metropolitan city, what, fifth or eighth largest city in the country? Uh, yeah, Something I think it's like about that. fifth. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a large metropolitan space. I, I think, having lived in Texas for as long as I did, I'm, I'm constantly surprised because there is, it is not LA, it is not New York, it is not Chicago, it is not Miami, right? It no, is, it's its it, own. It is its own. Yeah. And because of that, there's an appetite and appreciation for doing things differently. And I think it must be interesting for you, as rapidly as the city is changing, how is it changing? Who's coming to Houston? Who, who are your clients? Are they, are they long timers or are they new to the area? It's everything. It's everything. Um, we do a lot of renovations, and you know, we do a lot of design for renovations. So, uh, which I really love doing because you know it's the people have decided to put the investment in where they are because they love their neighborhood. They love their what they're you know close by. They love their church. They love their friends. They love you know whatever they love about that. So I really I really love working in that type of a space because it's limited. You know we're not doing a six thousand square foot house. We're doing a four hundred fifty square foot kitchen or you know whatever that is. So we can go way deeper into the design details. The people that we're getting are from all over the world. Um, and then a lot of them are native Texans that you know are generationally Houstonians. So I, to answer your question, Josh, it's, it's just a mixed bag of everybody. And, and what I think is interesting too is you have not been spared the weather issues, we have natural disasters, the fact that with, with climate change, whatever the reason, with climate change right. comes a new set of challenges. 
right? It does. So as a designer, how have you approached, I mean, you know, people just, when you when you mention Houston, you know, Harvey was a big thing. It was like Katrina in New Orleans. It's it's something that you remember and something that, it, it's transformative. It does change the way people live and the way people think about home because home is the most valuable thing you have. And Houston is a really interesting city because as opposed to New York or LA, it is one of those cities that was built sort of inside a loop. You have the sub, the suburbs mm-hmm. outside the loop, but you have you have the, the the main body of the city inside the loop. Right. And you talk about neighborhoods, and people love their church, and people love their neighborhoods. So people are spending more time in and around their home. And let's not, we'll get into co-working in a minute, but people are home really has become the central part of lifestyle again. Very much so. And as a designer, your role is even more important than it ever has been. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really take that role very seriously. Like, a home is a sacred space for my clients, and I feel uh, such a commitment to them, and I'm honored to be invited in. So I really pay special attention to what their needs are, um, what will protect their investment, what will be functional and beautiful and purposeful and meaningful for them for a really long time. I think the greenest thing I can do is to, to have something that lasts for a really long time, like a 20-year kitchen should be great, and it, and it should um, sustain their lifestyle, also their architecture, and it, it be timeless in, in how it, it performs and appears for them. Um, going back to what happened with Harvey, we had about eight clients whose homes we had worked in that were destroyed by Harvey, and that was really, really hard. But I want to say I'm, I'm so proud of the resilience of my fellow Houstonians and the goodness of people. And I just, I, Houston's just a great town. It's a great town to design in. It's a great town to build in. Great place to live. And I think we have the best clients in all of the world. So that's my plug for H. <laughs> no, I love it. Now, you said something that was really interesting about sort of a, a, a sustainable approach, but thinking in terms of, you know, a 20-year kitchen. Isn't it interesting, especially with appliances, that... We went through this big box phase where it was like, oh, we'll go buy this, and then it looks nice because it's got the, the French doors and the pullouts, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that you thought about lasting a long time. It was something that you put in at the time, and then when its life was over, almost like a water heater. You know, right. we'll, we'll have it eight, eight or ten years, and then we'll get a we'll new one. We'll pull it out. We'll get Just a new one. shove it a new one. But people don't think that way anymore. No. That's not what this is, and I think that the, it's a great approach, but it also changes the way that you do your job. It changes the way that you do your business. Architects aren't looking at a, you know, 30 to 40 year time horizon on a dwelling now. Now they're looking 50, 75, 100 years plus that that dwelling is going to be around. Designers aren't looking at, you know, oh, we'll do this for seven or eight years and then we'll put something new in. It has to really change the way that you approach the work. It does. Now I have the aesthetic that I think things look better when they're used. You know, I want that that comfortable feel. I want it to look elegant. But I think, um, you know, it's like a woman gets more beautiful with age, right? Of course. Of course, of right? Of course. Um, you know, so knocking the polish off a little bit, you know, having good hand to it, having good finished materials that patina just a little bit, that just looks like somebody lives here, right? I, that's my personal aesthetic. I, you know, I like that. So when we're talking about appliances and about building a kitchen space around it, most likely we're going to pan all the doors and we're going to do a metal 
insert. We're going to do, you know, something super special to it. So I need it to last, right? Because um, this is not getting ripped out in eight years. It's not like we're going to change this, you know, reupholster the sofa, right? There's, you know, we do a lot of interior finishing. So there's good, better, best in all, you know, all categories of soft goods. A kitchen, to me, is in the best category. It's got to best serve the client's needs, be lasting. But they are so expensive to do. That's one of the most expensive rooms in a home to do, obviously, for you know all the function and feature and stuff that goes in it. So it re- it's got to last. It does. I don't want that phone call, right? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no, but what's right. interesting, too, is, and, and to their credit, the manufacturers have realized this, too. And I tried to put myself in the in the mindset of the manufacturer, right? Because it's like with automobile automobiles, cars. You know, you you're not going to change out a car every three years the way that you maybe did at one I point don't. in time, right? Right. Most people, I don't think, do. And appliances where they where it used to be thought of in that way, the manufacturers have kind of realized it's like you know what we're going to put more time and effort and style and quality into the product itself. It costs more. But it lasts way longer. It lasts longer. We do we do something else too because we have a large footprint in my market in Houston. Um, we oftentimes do what I call a super pantry or a dirty kitchen or a, a secondary kitchen. You know, we'll have the pretty show kitchen out front, which is still usable and you know it's it's pretty entertaining. And then the really more hardworking one is behind it. So we're generally putting two full appliance packages in a, in you know a main kitchen space. Interesting. I did not know. That that I didn't really understand that that was a thing in Houston too. It's now, a thing. Now in Southern California, it's a thing, and it has been quite some time because right. we've got kosher kitchens. Um, right. Asian Asian clients right. want the want the kitchen for show, mm-hmm. and then the working kitchen, you know, with with grease splatter and smoke and odors, and yeah. it's in another spot because in some areas you have the footprint to do that. Right. I think it's interesting. So, wh- when you see that. Is it to have a kitchen to show and one that's a working kitchen? Is there another reason for it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's like all that stuff that you keep out on your counter. Because, you know, most times our kitchens are in big open spaces now. There's no walls and, you know, it's all together now, right? So the one to show, one to go kind of effect. And, you know, the things that need to air dry, like your Cuisinart blades and your your juicer and your, uh, could be your sippy cups or your, you know, your sport bottles. And that, you know, that, that the dishwasher just doesn't dry, right? Or you don't put them, or your knives or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe something that's a little unpleasant to look at like your, you know, trusty, rusty toaster that you just can't get rid of that you've had since college. Um, or it could be if you're not me ever, ever, not once, proofing bread on the counter or making cupcakes for, you know, your second grade party or whatever. You know, the kind of stuff that you need to leave out. Um, or maybe you just want... we. A lot of times do a larger pantry space so you you know with open shelves and you you know counter space so you can see all of you can visually see your things without having to open a cupboard to you know see if you need more rice what's the separation between the two rooms um, usually we'll do it in cabinetry so it's almost like a hidden door or a way to close it off so if it's being a catered event you know the caterers can work from that area uh, we generally stick in a full depth refrigerator, wall ovens. That's generally where a microwave will go, and you're not so great looking coffee maker. But by the same token, coffee makers also having a moment in wall. They are. 
They are. But that moment is usually out front, you know, because it's more it. of an entertaining, you know, serve yourself. And maybe it's more of an event, you know, like your cappuccino or your, you know, thing that you can do on your iPad. Are you using drawers? Drawers? Cooling, warming. Oh, I love them. Yes. Dishwasher. You got dishwashers All of them. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great, right? And yeah. a lot of times a warming drawer will do in a beverage area like a coffee bar, you know, so you can have a warm mug. Mm. How yum is that, yeah. right? Yeah. Question. Um, because you've got so much space, but because the weather is what it is, how are you using, are, are you doing a lot of outdoor kitchens? Oh, all of them. You yeah. are. How are you making, how are you making it more comfortable out there? So we do a lot of retractable screens, Josh. You know, so we're looking at that outdoor environment as part of the indoor environment. Um, we'll do wall, you know, wall hung heaters that we, or outdoor fireplaces. Sometimes we'll do ventilation outside. We'll actually cool the outside. So if you can change it by 10 degrees, that's a significant oh, difference. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. For, in our market. So that space is as important as an indoor space. Um, do a lot of retractable doors or the doors that accordion back. So there's, you know, the inside out and the outside in is a big deal. And I know. just and I just think about it because, you know, you have issues too. You have heating, you have hot, you have cold, you have crazy humidity. We do. And bugs aren't such an issue. Oh, bugs are an issue. Are they an issue? Yes. Okay. We have mosquitoes. Okay. And flies. And then uh, the reason we do a lot of screens is not, not just the mosquitoes and yeah. flies, but it's also like the other things. Like I had a possum in my house once. <laughs> so I know about this. You had, in your, you had it in your house? In my house. Okay. So, yeah. So other things can come in your house. I'm just saying, if you're like open to the, you know, big wild outdoors you know it's funny that you say that though because I, I live at the beach and we have possum I have this picture of a mama possum with nine babies hanging on her stuck yeah. in the morning glory trying to get out of the morning glory I took a picture closed I can't the, help you ma'am yeah I know, I know. <laughs> um, nothing I can do for you I had a great chat with Allison Crawford founder and principal designer of her eponymous firm Allison Crawford Design in addition to Hotelette, a design vacation rental company. Allison is a highly praised Austin-based designer with a truly unique background and a story about design, business, and real estate. Allison is active in design and real estate investment. She's both a creator and an entrepreneur. I truly enjoyed this conversation with Allison, and I hope you do and I hope you do as well. Allison is a master creator who blends and bends style to create livable luxury. You know, there's there's sort of that, that right brain, left brain thing where you have two two personality types. You have the creative type and then you've got the business type. You you really do straddle both. You are you are a hybrid of both. And I find that really interesting because you know, you you describe yourself as as this I mean Good Lord, you're, you wear a lot of hats. You're a real estate agent. You're an investor. You're a designer. So you, you describe yourself as an, a designer and an entrepreneur, and, and you, you truly are. And that sort of leads into how you built your practice. For sure. And I think that I um, part of the reason why we've been successful is because I do have the business side. Right. And when you're working with, in t especially on with Allison Crawford Design, when you're working with um, clients that are high-level executives or celebrity types, they want a certain level of professionalism and they want it to be run like a business. And so I 
try to rent Allison Crawford Design as as you know a law office or a CPA office, so that everything is streamlined and people know that this is a real profession. This isn't just like my little side hustle. This is I want to. Customer service is a huge. Um, part of our culture. We want to over deliver and over communicate with our clients because they are most likely hiring us to take care of everything. Yeah. So th- that is, that is the premise, right? Full service design. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people will call me a, you know, men in construction will just think that I'm like a color picker, but there's so <laughs> much more <laughs> There's so much more to it than that. And we really value great, extraordinary customer service. So let me, let me actually back up a second. Cause I think you, you touched on something really important and, and I, I hate to, I hate to stereotype. I really do. But having lived in Dallas and having worked with, with the trade on the construction side for as long as I have, do you, do you have issues getting, getting past the female owned not just a color picker, you know, that, that you, you know, your stuff top to bottom and you know what you're looking for and you know what you want from the trades. And sometimes, and again, I do hate to stereotype, but sometimes with, with the trades, you know, men in construction, it, it can be an issue for women sometimes. It is. And I try not to let it bother me. Um, and I also try not to get super defensive about it. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause it doesn't help. I mean, so how do, it doesn't how, help for me to come unglued on them about it. So how do you get around that? And, and does, and does, to, and does that go back to the business side of it where you realize that, you know, everything's a negotiation. For me, it is about knowing how much I've accomplished and how I run the firm. And I just try to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, try to represent female entrepreneurs the best that I can do. Because for me to come out and say, Oh, you're, you know, you're treating me that way because I'm a woman isn't really going to most of the time and all, all the time. It's not with the client. It's with a third party. It's with a vendor. It's with someone in construction. And so I don't want to um, ruffle feathers in front of clients. Sure. But at the same time, so if I do say something, it's behind closed doors and you know, it's my choice to leave that project. Right. And at the same time, that's on me. Yeah. And I feel like it's so bad. I just leave. And there are some people that I won't work with. And there are some contractors that I won't work with because they don't deliver on time and they don't deliver a product that I can be proud of. So I think one of the big things with interior design is finding those vendors that takes years to create those relationships. Boy, that is so true. That is so true. And I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I think that's one of the truly overlooked details in, in design. And, you know, many times you'll have someone who you've seen this before. Someone will, will design their own house or the house of a friend and then go hang a shingle. It's like, Hey, I was really good at this. People like my style and my aesthetic and I know how to pick colors and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. So they hang a shingle and they go want to be a designer. And then they run into a buzzsaw when they do actually get that big client who has expectations. Right. You know, and, For sure. and part of that really is 
having the experience and having the chops and and having been doing this for a while to be able to to pick your trusted vendors and to pick your trusted partners so that you know that they're going to deliver in the same way that you do. It's huge. Right. And to get those um, vendors to show up because right. so that vendor is probably going to work with me over another firm that that doesn't have as many projects going on because we're in a really competitive marketplace right now. And there's a lot of construction in town, a lot of pe- people redoing their houses. And so there is um, we have a, a supply and demand issue with these vendors. So you really have to give these people a lot of work so that you're in the front of the line at all times. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I want to get back to that in a second. Um, I wanted to ask you about Hotelette. Tell, mm-hmm. t- tell me about this. So I love to travel. I've been all seven continents. I love real estate. I am a licensed um, realtor. I don't really practice, um, but I think it's important information to have when negotiating deals. Um, and I love interior design. And so I was at Legends in LA in 2016 and sure. we stayed at an Airbnb and in West Hollywood. And I, that was my first time staying at an Airbnb. And I was kind of like, mm, this is weird. We're staying in someone's house. It kind of smells <laughs> like their cat. Their, their refrigerator is full of oh, condiments. Yes. Like this is kind of gross. And I thought to myself, why isn't there an Airbnb chain that is in multiple markets that has high design like boutique hotels? So I did a little research and there wasn't anything like that. And since I am a real estate investor and I think that real estate is a good investment, I, I, um, and I had a friend that had an Airbnb in Nashville and he was telling me that Nashville was booming. It's like, what um, Austin was 10 years ago, you got to go. And I'm thinking, oh, Nashville, you know, I'm more less into country, more into hip hop. I don't know if Nashville's really my scene, but I ended up going and loving it. And I was under contract for a house within about two weeks. Oh, wow. No kidding. I know. I thought it was going to be a year process. And I had a really great agent that knew the, um, that got this house for me before it hit the market. It's a, 1930s craftsman four bedroom 3500 square feet i mean it's just amazing so started there ended up moving to nashville for a few months to redo that and then we opened austin hotel at austin in 2017 and then dallas in 18 but it started because of my passions for travel uh, real estate and interior design and i wanted a place that people could go and experience my personal interior design style. So when you're first getting into interior design, people want are hiring you because they want their style in their house and they're hiring you to make that style happen, right? Yeah. So but you you own you own these properties. I do. So mm-hmm. how how does the back end work? Because you also have to fulfill bookings. Oh yeah, I mean, I have a I have a whole team. Oh, you do. Uh huh. Okay. Yes, I have to. I mean, between Hotelette and Allison Crawford Design, I have to. Um, and we're growing. We're moving into a bigger office. We're growing the team. Um, I have a booking manager. I have someone that handles the marketing. I have someone that helps me with the shop. 
accounting. Well, um, it's it's funny because the the back end stuff I totally I totally get. For me, I would think you know the tr- the trouble is how hardly used uh, properties like that are. You know, people come in and they play hard. You know, when they're on oh, va- when they are, they're on vacation, and now you're talking about having a really well designed place where where the, the the fixtures are higher end, the the sur- the surfaces are higher end, the the details are higher end. You know, the design is. It, it, if a tile is cracked, it kind of throws off a whole design, right? So you have that responsibility where, where you have to maintain the aesthetic. And in something that's that's so so challenged, like how hard they use it, how do you – I'm just – I'm trying to run through keeping something impeccably designed for that crowd. So we replace a lot of things often. And yeah. things happen. Like people will steal little things. Nothing major, but do they? People will really. Oh yes, yes. People do. People do the strangest things. <laughs> I, I guess mean, I shouldn't I can, be surprised. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you some really strange stories about guests, but I'll save that for a different a different day. See now, um, now that's all I'm going to be thinking about now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this hidden. It's this hidden part of my life that I can't share because um, right no I get it. it it's bad press yeah no I get it <laughs> I get but it but I was thinking if I ever came out with like a memoir it would be behind the scenes of running an Airbnb oh my gosh you totally have to do that a horror stories for oh you totally have to do <laughs> that know, at some point. right yeah yeah no you do you do but um, but you know back back to the, the the maintenance and the design and here's the other thing when you design for something Tastes change, trends change. How do you, you know, you, you have your design style. At the same time, when you're when you're dealing with different people, and, and you you almost have to stay true to not trendy but trending ideas in design. How often do you have to do a refresh? How often do you have to do a, a changeover? How often do you have to paint the walls? How often do you have to, you know, with with something like that? It's 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 tantamount to a rental, is it not? Right. Oh, right. For sure. I mean, there t- we have someone, we have groups in all of the houses every single weekend and then weekday guests about 50% of the weeks. Um, so we're always replacing sheets and linens and duvets and painting. We're painting a lot um, because I love bright white walls and I prefer flat paint and that's really hard to keep yeah, clean. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the beauty with with like with trends is that I get to go in and redo rooms. So I'm going to be doing redoing some of the rooms at Hotel at Nashville and Austin this year, which is only going to create more content and more for, uh, photos for the portfolio and keep things fresh so that guests are like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been to Hotel at Nashville I need to go back because I haven't been there in a year and see what they did in the guest room or, you know, I just, I'd like to keep it fresh. So this is, this is also a branding play for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, I've gotten so much press for Hotelette that I would not have gotten if it was a, a regular interior design project, A, because I could take risks and really represent my personality and my design style and B, Hotelette is a is an idea that I came up with that no one else is 
doing at the level that I'm doing it across different markets and houses that I own and manage. And now I have the hotelette shop. So when people go in the houses, then they can go home and say, oh my gosh, I have to have that pillow. So it's like an online gift shop. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think of that. That's genius. Now here's a question. How many, how many properties do you currently? Three. You, okay. So when you do a refresh or you do a redesign, or you, do you, do you reshoot? So I'm going to, we actually haven't done it yet because I mean, we've only hotel at Nashville opened in 2017. So we haven't really redone any of the rooms, but my, one of my initiatives for this year is to redo a room every month and get all of the footage and the content to take videos and before and after photos. Oh, genius. Yeah. So that people can follow along on Instagram and with my newsletter and YouTube. And then have you figured out yet how you turn how you turn that into um, new business on the design side? Um, yes, because like I said, I've gotten so much press, Architectural Digest, El Decor, Domino, for Hotelette, which translates into being in demand for interior design. So smart. Now, do you also have partnerships with vendors and product sponsors yet? So I have been working on that. <laughs> and that is something that we're launching in 2000 and this year, 2020. Oh, really? Um, eventually, I would like to do a furniture line. I would like to do a collaboration with CB2. They don't know that yet. So I'm just going to put it out in the universe with you. Oh, that you know what? That is smartly done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well played. I'm speaking at a CB2 <laughs> event this quarter, and hopefully that goes really well, and then I can get in, um, get in with them. So let me back up a second because I have a I have a technical question for you. Would you prefer to do to do your own signature line, or? Would you prefer instead, now that you have this platform, to do a marketing partnership or a brand development play with with a company that has their own case goods, pillows, sheets? Because then you don't have to go through the hassle of trying to create it and trying to manufacture it and trying and trying to be the one who is solely responsible for the aesthetic, you know, for the idea and the creative. And then you're also not worrying about when somebody ultimately comes in and, and steals it and makes their own, you know what I mean? There's just such right. a difference between using your platform to market somebody else's products and, and going the, the full route and creating your own. How do you think, how do you, how do you navigate that? So in my opinion and where I am right now with, um, with a lot of balls up in the air. I think that um, having a brand to partner with that handles the manufacturing and the ordering and the returns is a better play for me right now in 2020. In the future, we might roll out an exclusive line where I find a manufacturer that can build everything, but that's, a different animal and I'm not 
there yet. Because that takes a lot, that takes away from interior design, that takes away time from um, me going in my speaking engagements, that takes away time from my family. I mean, I have a five month old. Thank you, Tracy, Cindy, and Allison. This was so much fun, and I really appreciate the time. Please subscribe to the show so you can catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design. Ask Alexa or Siri uh, for help. Just say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design, and she will. Thank you for listening to this episode, and please make sure you subscri- please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. You can also follow follow along. You can also follow along ConvoByDesign.com and at ConvoByDesign with an X on Instagram. For show inquiries, sponsorship, and guest inquiries, email me, ConvoByDesign at Outlook.com. Be well, and until next week, keep creating. Thank you.